podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the NUFC Blogcast. I'm here once again with Ollie as we review the Spurs match. A humbling 4-1 loss away from home once again. And we're going to preview the Milan match. All of that to come on the NUFC Blogcast. <laughs> So, Ollie, a 4-1 loss away from home, seven goals conceded in a matter of days. A poor performance, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, there's been that ongoing reaction to away defeats where it's always been, well, look, they're, they're so fatigued, there's so many injuries. We're going to forgive them for it. And this is kind of the consequence of all the injuries. This is the consequence of so many games. But while that still is valid, I think it's getting to a point now where we have to slightly question what was going on away from home now. Um, I don't think there needs to be a major overreaction, but there definitely needs to be some form of inquest because while I don't think the players deserve like to be battered, I don't think Eddie Howe needs to be questioned too much. I think we can't just constantly put it down to fatigue and injuries when, you know, this is the same group of players who were so good against Chelsea, so good against Man United and actually so good away to PSG as well. I mean, I suppose the argument there is this is this is two away games that have come after those games against Chelsea, PSG and Man United, and it's the same group of 10 outfield players who've had to go again and again. So, okay, things might be catching up with us a little bit, but there's no doubt that errors have crept in. And even away from fatigue and the energy levels, we haven't showed that same quality on the ball. And in big moments, we've we've come out the wrong side of things, haven't we? So, so yeah, I would say we're no longer at the point where we can say, oh, absolutely no need to panic because it is a, a growing concern. But I think there's no doubt that fatigue and injuries are playing a massive part still. But yeah, we need to get on top of this away form, don't we? Yeah, I think we do. I mean, it was nice to see, obviously, Wilson and Longstaff back on the bench and they obviously came on. Hall came on as well. So starting to get a semblance of of a, of a bench uh, back. But right. it was a damaging day, wasn't it? Spurs got ahead of us. Villa obviously won. I mean, Man United didn't, I suppose, but Chelsea didn't. Who else? I can't think. But yeah, it, we need to turn this around, don't we? Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess another positive was if, if believe it or not, if if Brighton had actually won at home to Burnley, they would have went ahead of us. Um, and I think I'm right in saying that if West Ham had won at Fulham, obviously they got pumped five nil. But had West Ham and Brighton actually won what seemed like fairly winnable games over the weekend, we could have actually dropped to ninth. So well, the table's mad because Everton, right? If they didn't have ten points taken away from them, they'd only be three points behind us. Yeah, so crazy, like Everton are having a quite a decent decent little run as well. Yeah, it's all yeah, getting are. a bit compacted. Um, but what we I suppose we don't want is the top four kind of running away with it. And Villa are looking so good at the moment. We need them to have a yeah. cool patch at some point. I think that's it because if you just look through the teams, obviously the top four is always so competitive. There's so many good teams in the Premier League. Um, you've got the traditional big six. Then you've got Aston Villa almost doing what we did last season. Um, they've, they've had that sort of effect under Unai Emery. You've got Brighton, who are constantly a threat. Um, and then and then obviously the likes of West Ham haven't been as good recently, but they're another team who are who are decent. But yeah, there's a lot of competition there. And if you look at the top four and the places around there, you've got Man City and Arsenal, who are you don't really consider a team you'd overtake. They're, they're bidding for the title. You've got Liverpool, after struggling last season, they seem maybe not back to their best, but they're certainly going to get top four this season. I think that's fair to say. I mean, they're currently 11 points clear of us. So I think it's pretty obvious Liverpool are getting the top four. So if we're looking at Man City, Arsenal and Liverpool getting in the top four, if we're looking at Aston Villa, who are now nine points clear of us, sorry, yes, nine points clear of us, sorry, after beating Arsenal, after beating Man City, then they're kind of on an upwards trajectory while we're starting to go on a slightly downwards trajectory. So I think it's it's one of those where the current top four, Liverpool, Arsenal, Villa and City, 
are all looking strong. And then you've got essentially what was a bit of a six-pointer at the top between Tottenham and Newcastle on Sunday went against us. So that was a, a big win for, for Spurs. And obviously, in light of Villa doing so well, it was a bit of a damaging defeat. And I guess not just looking at the, the Premier League table and what the result meant, but the actual game itself. I mean, there's more there's more concerns over Dubravka, who I think obviously he's conceded seven goals over the past two games, but I think there was quite a few of those goals he's conceded at Everton and Spurs, which he should have done better with. And then you've got Trippier looking um, looking really sluggish and in need of a rest, which he, he is ironically going to get now after getting his fifth yellow card of the season. But again, he didn't look his, at his best and maybe showing signs of a 33-year-old who can't play three times a week. Um, the defence, I'd say, for the first time really looked all at sea at times against Spurs and there wasn't that protection from the midfield. And there's a, there's a bit of growing concern as well that the likes of Isak is on the fringes of games and not able to play several times a week. And even Almiron, who, who you know, has generally been so good for us over the past year and a bit, he's he's missed a few big chances against Everton and Spurs, which is the sort of thing he was guilty of doing for Eddie Howe, wasn't he? Missing, missing those big chances. So, yeah. so yeah, there's a couple of concerns there and um, not just as a team, but individually as well. And I think another point is that there was quite a few players who picked up yellow cards against against Spurs. And the, yes, Kieran Trippier is now suspended, but you've now got Jamal LaSalle on four yellow cards. If he picks up another booking, say against Fulham, he would then miss the the game against Luton. You've got Joe Linton, who picked up his fourth yellow card at Spurs, another player now who's one booking away from a suspension. And I think Sean Longstaff, who didn't get booked on Sunday, is also on four yellows. So Longstaff, LaSalle, Joe Linton, all one yellow card away. And that, that five yellow card sort of ban... Um, is in place up until the 1st of January when we play Liverpool. So they've basically got to avoid a yellow card against Fulham, Luton and Nottingham Forest, the final three league games of 2023 to avoid getting a ban. And obviously if we had a big squad and a squad full of fit players, they could be replaced. But at the minute, with Botman not yet back, with Tenali suspended, um, and is sort of issues in those areas of the pitch, it would be another blow, wouldn't it, to lose those on players? A, yeah, on a, a slightly brighter note, I mean, those three games are favourable fixtures. True. You'd think you know? You'd think we could we could win them. I don't want to. You know, we should be expecting to win them if we're going for the top four. So if we end with three wins, obviously it'd be fantastic. But yeah, the issues are suspensions, injuries, fatigue, all these things. I mean, there's rumours um, swirling. Sorry, go on. Yeah, just just finally on the one thing you were mentioning there about the the upcoming Premier League fixtures. I mean, they definitely are favourable. Fulham at home, who. In fairness, Fulham are flying. They've been, I think they've won the last two home games 5 0, which was mental. But yes, they have. <laughs> away from home, obviously, I, firstly, I back up back us at St. James's Park. And secondly, I don't think Fulham are quite the same away. But yeah, Fulham, Fulham at home, Luton away, Nottingham Forest at home. That's a really good run. But the battle we've got is they are mixed in between a massive game against Milan, which is going to take up loads of energy. And obviously, it's, it's a game we're going to put a massive amount of importance on, naturally. And then after that is Fulham and then after that is Chelsea away in the quarterfinal of the cup. So yes, we've got three winnable Premier League games, but either side of those are huge, a huge Champions League game and a huge cup quarterfinal. So I'm just really hoping from an energy point of view and, and from the injury perspective that we can get a few back because on the evidence of Sunday, I think we're struggling to go with those same 10 outfield players for much longer. Yeah, there's rumours swirling uh, just, just today in the last sort of couple of hours that Dubravka's actually nursing a, a hidden shoulder injury and yeah, that we it. are going to be going into January looking for a, a goalkeeper. I don't know whether you've seen this. Yeah, I did see the little, it was a, on Twitter, I saw an update about the shoulder problem, which, I mean, if that's true and he is managing that, whether Dubravka's on form or not, that would surely make the club act and sign a goalkeeper because we couldn't afford, knowing Pope's out till April, May, and knowing that 
Loris Karius has only played once since he signed for us, and that was obviously in the cup final, and only because uh, Dubravka was cup tied and uh, Nick Pope was injured. So generally, we haven't had much faith faith in Karius, no matter how much how kind of bigs him up. So yeah, if there's any issue with Dubravka, I mean, there's already an issue with the fact he's not looked very good. But if there's any injury issue, then yeah, I'm sure we're going to be getting someone. I just wonder who it will be. There's been a few names linked. Yeah, no idea. Obviously, we're linked with De Gea, but that, I just don't think that makes sense. These wages and FFP and everything, I just don't think. Maybe we will go for him, I don't know. Who it's knows? been um, Hugo Lloris as well, who I'm not convinced about at all. But if you remember, no. on the final just, few days of the summer window... These old Finnish keepers, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the hard thing here is if we if we're know Pope's are our option for the future, and as in, once he's back from injury, he's back to being our number one, and we've got total faith in him, it's difficult for the club to commit with FFP in mind to a big money keeper signing because for example if, I don't think we're going to get Ramsdale on loan I don't think Arsenal would help us to that extent and it, plus they would need him if anything happened to Rhea so if you're looking for a short-term option there's generally not many good loan keepers available because they'd all be backup options so if you're looking at someone it would be would probably be those sort of free agents those kind of older keepers who are kind of out of favour of top clubs and therefore could be an upgrade on our current options but yeah the likes of De Gea, like you, I think wages, I just can't quite see it. But then Hugo Lloris, I mean, I feel like he's finished at the minute and he's back up now to Spurs' new signing, isn't he? And I think Kalo Newcastle Navas fans who well. were, particularly Newcastle fans who were at the 6-1 <laughs> thrashing of them <laughs> last season where Lloris was absolutely woeful. I think uh, there's, you know, we've got bad memories of him. So, yeah, surely he's finished. I mean, and his wages aren't going to be, you know, low. I suppose, like you say... They could get, let's say, a De Gea, and they could just offer him a six-month contract to the end of the season, and that would cover Nick Pope being out, I suppose. But yeah, I, I mean, don't know, would that's he take a fair that point? I think, I think I heard. I can't remember where it was. I heard this, but on the David De Gea debate, someone said, "Well, yes, he was on huge money at Man United, but he's currently earning nothing. So, if Newcastle said even he has a hundred grand for the rest of the season, that might be a quarter of what he was getting at Man United, but it's also a hundred grand times what he's getting at the minute. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah." If his demands might come down if he just says it as he has six months, 100 grand a week. I mean, who would say no to that? But it depends whether we actually want them. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's make this Let's make this podcast snappy because you've got things to do. I've got things to do. And we lost. And we've got AC Milan to look forward to. But what was the poll of the week this week, Ollie? Right. So it was in light of obviously the debate around what is the biggest factor around our away form and just recent blip, I suppose. It's only a two-game blip, but it has been quite a big blip. So, yeah, so question was, what is the one biggest factor contributing towards our recent blip? Is it injuries? Is it fatigue slash the busy schedule? Or is it just our form away from St. James's Park? Um, got just over 2,000 votes on this, actually, which was good. Again, it was one of those last-minute polls before the podcast. So we've got plenty of votes. Um, starting off with Toon Poles' vote, he said injuries. That's That's his vote. Yeah, same. I mean, injuries and fatigue are kind of one and, you know, they hold hands, don't they? We've got injuries and therefore the players are playing over and over again and get fatigued. Yes. But yeah, I, I'd say injuries. I mean, we've got like a whole 11 almost out, a, a good, quite decent 11, or we did until Wilson and Longstaff came back. So that's that's just playing a huge part in all of this. I mean, you're right. I don't think there's a position on the pitch where we haven't got someone injured. And that's like, you've got Nick Pope and goal. This is a bit of a stretch, but at right back, Javier Manquillo is injured. At centre back, there's Botman. Then you've also got Burn, centre-back slash left-back, who's out. You've got Matt Target at left-back out. Tonali, Willock, Longstaff's only just come back in midfield. You've got Murphy and Barnes out wide. And then you've got Wilson, who again has only just come back. So it's literally a full team. So it's one thing having sort of several players in one position injured and just one sort of crisis on the pitch. But we've got 
every area of the pitch were struggling to rotate. So to be fair, when I made this poll, I did think fatigue kind of comes from the injuries, but then I've, I kind of put fatigue slash busy schedule because if there's one thing that has been tough this season, which we knew about before the injuries, it would be because of the Champions League would have to be playing games sort of Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. So, but we don't have that every week, do we? So that's, they're, they're just over the weeks where there is Champions League, but because we've progressed in the cup, because when I went to the festive period, which is notoriously busy, it's the worst time to have injuries, isn't it? So I guess you're right. Injuries does lead into fatigue, but yeah. Um, and, and I guess the debate there is some people have blamed the, the form away from home purely on the injuries, purely on the fatigue. But then there's that argument now of, yes, it's, contrib- it's a contributing factor, but it's not the sole reason. And I know Eddie Howe himself has said that he's reluctant uh, to say that the away form is down to that because if we start using that as an excuse, we won't sort of find the solutions to the problems because at the end of the day, we still have these issues and, you know, we are able to beat Man United and Chelsea at home. So why can't we quite replicate that away mm, from home? Yeah, I think I think it's it's interesting because at the start of the season, if you've listened to this podcast, um, people, listeners, our listeners, if you listened at the start of the season, we all said the same thing, which was we're going to have issues. If we get injured injuries, we're going to be stuffed because we didn't buy enough players. We said we needed another centre-back if we got, you know. So it, the, the fact we've had injuries, but we haven't just had them, it's been like a proper injury crisis, yeah. has just absolutely wounded us. <laughs> we're a wounded animal. And so, like I say, yeah. the injuries have come at a time where, the, I mean, even with a fully fit squad, it's it's always harder over, over Christmas, especially when you're still in the Champions League and you're through with the Cup quarterfinals. So we've got all the cards against us, really, haven't we? Um, all of the games, all of the injuries, we're still in the Cup, we're still in the Champions League. For example, Arsenal, they're already top they're already top their group. So when they play, I think it's a way to PSV. They can rest Saka, they can rest Odegaard. But we firstly haven't even got the options to to rotate. But secondly, we're in important games. So we have to be fighting on all fronts. We can't throw Premier League games. We can't throw Champions League games and we have to attack the cup. So it's it's a really difficult mix. I guess the only thing that people make a good point on is that how can we perform so well at home while we're tired? But I think the simple answer to that is firstly, a lot of our home games especially over this patch after the international break, they've come first. And this is the sort of end part of this busy schedule. Yeah. And second of all, I think when the players need a lift, that boost and the adrenaline the home crowd gives you really does make an impact. So, so yeah, but we don't need to get to the bottom of it, though. The injuries, fatigue are obvious. Well, really, what, were the, what were the results? Us. Yeah, so probably to be expected, actually. So 18% said it was a form away from St. James's Park, which was the biggest factor. Uh, next up was fatigue, busy schedule. That was 32%. And with just under 50% was injuries. So mm-hmm. I think that's about right, really. I thought there might have been even more saying injuries than that because, as as we've said, injuries leads to the fatigue, doesn't it? So, Well, so, yeah. yep. there, there we go. Poll of the week again. Now, thank you for your Twitter questions. We're going to quickly rifle through a few of them. Magpie, just very simple. And you can answer this, Ollie. Dubravka or Karius? Um, I know this calls for Karius to get a chance now. Dubravka has struggled, but I think I think I'd still be with Dubravka, but if he has another bad one against Milan, I think I'd play Karius against Fulham, to be honest. Yeah, same. Davey R3, one of our most prolific questioners, uh, says, with the current form of teams around us and our injury crisis, what is your realistic goal for us this season? Is Champions League spots still possible or should we lower expectations? Ooh. Interesting. I yeah, mean, that's... at the start of the season, you and me said fifth or sixth, didn't we? We didn't actually think we'd get top four. Um, Villa looking imperious. I, I, I think I'm still going to go for... I'm not going to change what I said at the start of the season. Fifth or sixth? I mean, do you know what I'd love? If we could have a good... If we could manage to somehow get into the last 16 of the Champions League, that's going to boost 
English club standing in European competition and therefore increase the chance of fifth place in the Premier League actually yep. getting into the Champions League. So a success for me would to be have a, having a good go at either of the Champions League or the Cup. Obviously, if we can yeah. beat Chelsea and, and actually go one step further in the Cup, obviously everyone's dreaming of that. But alongside that, to actually make make a success of our Champions League campaign would be huge. And I think in the league, if we're going to do that in Cup and Champions League, in the league, if someone offered me fifth now, with the, either a guarantee of Europa League or a, a slim chance of getting in the Champions League through that fifth spot, I would take that because I can't lie. I think the top four is looking tough at the minute. It really yeah, is. Yeah. And fifth place, if fifth place goes to the Champions League, also uh, uh, seventh place will go to even eighth will get into Europe. It will get into the, there's the, I think the, what is it? The Europa Conference or whatever. Yeah, that's so a good point, actually. Yeah. There's a number of there's a number of different ways now because these European competitions have been expanded that even eighth place, I think, potentially. Maybe I've got that wrong. Message me if we've got that wrong. I think, I think seventh or eighth anyway. But I think yeah. what's clear is with the issues we've got for what all the men all the things we've mentioned, I just want us to come out of one competition, whether it's the Premier League, the Cup, or the Champions League, with something to really take, whether that's a really good Champions League run and even more memories, whether a trophy in the Carabao Cup or in the Premier League, can we put that run together? over 2024, second half of the season the thing about us back in. The, the interesting thing about the Champions League, obviously the AC Milan game we're going to talk about in a minute, but um, we, we said we we're going to make this podcast quick, but now we're talking about really interesting conversation. But the thing about the AC Milan game is it's one game, everything riding on it. We just need to absolutely go for 100% hell for leather on that game. And then we've got like two months of no Champions League where we can get some players back. So yeah, that's it. That is very it's, true. It's just one. Yeah, that, so one we, it's just pushes. one. <laughs> Please don't be knackered. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere. I'm going to be there and we're going to talk about it in a minute. But one more uh, question from Liam. Why are we so bad away from home? <laughs> a very simple one. I think we've kind of talked about it with the po- with the with the poll we've done. But um, is there anything more complicated than we're just knackered and to, <sighs> I don't know, the atmosphere at home kind of drives us on? What is it? It is really tough to say, isn't it? Because if you look at the Premier League based on home form, only Aston Villa have got more points. And I think they've won 15 straight games in, in, at home. So that, so it's kind of unprecedented what they're doing at home. But following Villa, it's Liverpool and Newcastle with the most points at home. But away from home, only Luton and Sheffield United, the newly promoted clubs, have picked up less points than us. So the discrepancy is crazy. So you, yes, we can talk about the St. James's Park atmosphere and injuries, but there's something that even at the minute I can't quite put my, my finger on. I don't know whether it's the crowd pushes us on to maintain that press and we obviously it becomes a bit of a lion's den and we get teams on the back foot. Whereas at home, away from home, sorry, I feel like we're not quite as effective with that press. We're not quite as consistent with it. We're a bit more passive. Mm. Um, I also feel like we're missing more chances away from home. I think at Everton, we saw there was a chance for Miggy that he hit straight at Pickford and he did exactly the same against Spurs and even Gordon's cutback for Isaac against Spurs, which don't get me wrong, Spurs played us off the pitch, but if that goes in, it might have been different. So I feel like it's not just a case of the big moments going against us, but we don't seem to be as clinical away from home, do we? We definitely don't, no. Um, right, let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and preview the Milan match. Welcome back. Okay, on to a more optimistic note. We've got AC Milan match on Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. It's going to be very exciting. Everything is still to play for. As far as I can tell, we talked about it in the last podcast, but if we win, we've got a chance of going through to the knockouts. If we draw, we're guaranteed uh, Europa League. And if we lose, we're guaranteed to be out completely. Is that correct, Ollie? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I think the only thing to mention is that some of these things rely on PSG slightly. So obviously you've mentioned there, if we win, we've got a chance of finishing second. But the frustrating thing about that late 
late penalty at PSG, which denied us the win, is that because they got a point, we could beat Milan. But if we see that PSG have either drew or beat Borussia Dortmund, then they're going to get through ahead of us. So no, PSG. Um, if PSG draw, we go. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, I've read that wrong. Um, yeah. I wrote notes on this and I've completely mm-hmm. butchered them. But so yes, to, sorry to clarify, PSG um, have to win. PSG have to win. Yeah. So if yeah. we win, if but PSG also win, we're going to be third. Um, yeah. So yeah, PSG have to have to win if we win. Um, but yeah, draw, draw, and we'll definitely qualify because of our head-to-head record against um, Milan. I think because I think goal difference yes. would be fair. Um, obviously, if we lose, we'll come fourth and be out of Europe altogether. So there's a lot of play for still. Essentially, a win means we're either in the Champions League or we're definitely in the Europa League. So, and and our backers to win. To be honest, I know there's a lot of concerns, but if there's one thing we are good at, it's responding to a defeat and, and it's playing at home. <laughs> exactly. So that's what we're good at. Yeah, playing at yeah. home. Um, it's on TNT Sports, I presume, or Discovery Plus, or however you get you yeah. access that nowadays. Yes, it's on TNT Sports, yeah, the new version of BT Sports, 8pm kickoff on Wednesday. So, um, yeah, it's a good thing about the Champions League now, isn't it? Pretty much all of the all of the games will be on one of the TNT Sport channels. So, yeah, mm. for anyone who isn't going, it's an 8pm kickoff on Wednesday. And Milan lost at the weekend, didn't they, too? Was it Atlanta, was it? I saw. Yeah, I noticed that. It was a bit of a... I mean, they got a red card late in the game, which obviously won't affect the availability for the, the Champions League, but it was a bit of a damaging last-minute defeat, actually, because... They've generally, I think, been good, doing okay in the league, but they've, they, I think that's just checked there, the third um, behind only Juventus and Inter Milan. But they conceded a 95th minute goal to, to Atlanta at the weekend. So, and then they got a man sent off just before that. So, so yeah, it was a bit of a damaging defeat for Milan. Um, so that'll, and, and I noticed Rafael Leao didn't play again, but the bad news for us there is that according to some Italian paper on Monday morning, it sounds like Rafael Leao is being passed fit for the Newcastle game. So, he could be back for the first time in several weeks. I think he had a thigh injury, but he'll also be coming back for his first game following an injury, so he might not be up to full speed. Mm. But we'll have to just hope Trippier's uh, fully recovered because, yeah, he he's, he would struggle to cope with Liao if his legs are anything like the way it spurs, I think. It's fair to say. We really need Trippier to just get through this game. Then he's got a game off because he's suspended, so then he'll get his break. So, so yeah, Kieran Trippier, if you're listening, just, you know, I don't know, eat a banana, Maybe have a Red Bull or something and just just get through this one and then you can collapse. Get to bed. Um, yeah, get to bed. Team news. So Barnes, Harvey Barnes update. is there, He's not going to potentially make the bench, is he? No. So I was watching Eddie Howe's post-match press conference from Spurs and I think Lee Ryder from the Chronicle said, is it true that Harvey Barnes is edging closer? Is he close to returning? Um, and Howe said, no, not currently. He is not one of the closest players to returning. So I think he's getting closer, but in terms of close to the point where he could play against Milan, it doesn't sound like doesn't sound like he will be. But again, Eddie Howe might be just bluffing there. Um, mm. No doubt now I've said that, Harvey Barnes will be starting against Milan. Yeah, I was going to no. say, Eddie Howe is known to not quite tell the truth. Yeah, so but I think by the sounds of it, obviously we've got Longstaff back, we've got Wilson back. Um, there's there's some talk of Botman getting closer and closer, although again, just when you think he's going to be back in the squad, he isn't. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's referring to Botman as someone who's a bit closer than Barnes. There's also been some talk that Dan Burns actually could return sooner than expected. I know he's like a, a spinal problem, but again, I don't think Burn will be back for Milan. So if I had to guess, unless there's some positive update that comes out, obviously I think Howe speaks to the press on at 4pm on Tuesday, so we'll hear more then, but there's probably a chance Botman comes back into the squad, a slim chance. And then you've obviously got Longstaff and Wilson back, but aside from that, it's probably not looking that likely that anyone else returns, I think, as things stand. Okay. 
But there's a double boost. I've, I've got on your notes you've written double boost. What's that? Well, yeah, I mean, that was just something. Is it Wilson and Longstaff? That was it, yeah. I think from what mm. Howe said, he said there wasn't a temptation to start them at Spurs, but he did kind of say that they'll be much better for that 30-minute cameo they had at the end of the game. So yeah. um, obviously he's saying how much we need players back, which is true. And I just think reading between the lines on what he had to say about Wilson and Longstaff and the fact he gave them that 30 minutes at Spurs, I wouldn't actually be surprised if both of those players start against Milan because I think I think Isaac looks like a player who's almost protecting himself a little bit, aware of that if he sprints, if he, if he does too many sprints when he's had to play a game every three days, his groin could go again. And I feel like Isaac was almost playing within himself. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if to protect Isaac and also to give to give Wilson a chance. We we see Wilson and Longstaff against Milan. I wouldn't really be surprised. Okay. Well, predicted 11s then. What do you think? I'm going to go for exactly the same team again, apart from Longstaff in for Miley. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose with Wilson's hamstring, it might could it be a game too soon to play Wilson? The only thing I'm thinking here is I think Milan are the sort of team who might come with a bit more of a low block and therefore Wilson can be a bit more of a fox in the box against, against mm. a team like that. I don't think they'll Push up the pitch too much. I for sure think Wilson will come on for you know thirty-five minutes or so, but I think yeah. Isak will start again. I don't know why. Eddie Howe does seem to have started Isak in the Champions League games. I mean, I suppose you could argue that the thirty minutes Wilson got was also a chance to give Isak thirty minutes less to give him a bit more of a break ahead of Milan. So there could mm. be that in mind as well. But yeah, I agree with you that I think Longstaff replaces Miley. I think Miley's done brilliantly. I think he was a bit more of a passenger though against against Spurs, I guess I guess the whole team was just overrun. But he, after playing so well against like Chelsea, PSG, Man United, and arguably being one of our best outfield players against Everton as well, um, I think Miley didn't really get into the game at all against Spurs. And obviously, it's such a big occasion there. So, yeah, I think Longstaff will come back in. I think, obviously, Trippier is going to get his rest against Fulham. So, I'm expecting Trippier to start. The only thing I considered is, if we think Trippier's legs aren't quite there and he's still... Obviously struggling a little bit. Do you think there's any chance we pair Livramento up against Rafa Liao and put Trippier at left back? I mean, I personally don't because I think Trippier is too much of a threat in the other direction at home and he links up so well with Almiron and there's little triangles with the legs of Longstaff or Miley. But I just it just made me wonder if 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 he hasn't got faith in, in Lewis Hall playing and he's obviously going to play Trippier against Milan, mm-hmm. is there a chance that he looks at Livramento to deal with Rafa Liao? Because I just worry if Trippier's not at 100% how he'd cope with, with Liao. Yeah, potentially. Don't know. But uh, obviously, we know Trippier is a very accomplished left back. He's played for England left back many times. So if they do do yeah. that, great. But um, I can't see yeah, it. It's just, it's just something I wondered about if, if Leao does start. Maybe but... if we start the game and Leao's absolutely destroying Trippier with pace, then we swap. Them. True. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. And then in goal, I think, I don't know about you, but I think Dubravka will get another game. I think, obviously, I've said that Trippier right back, I think. Lascelles and Shaw both got knocks against Spurs, but they seem to be okay. But I guess that's one to watch tomorrow, just in case there's an update on Lascelles. If there is bad news on Lascelles, who seem to get a knock, then someone like Emil Kraft might have to come in, or or we'd have to hope Botman's fine. But fingers crossed both centre-backs are okay. And then I guess the rest of the team pretty much picks itself, aside from the debate around will it be Wilson, will it be Isaac? But but yeah, it could be, it could be that Isaac was kind of taken off early against Spurs to protect himself from Milan. Come on then, Ollie. Prediction. Prediction time. Ooh. I'm going to go 2 0 to Newcastle. Well, the thing is, we all know fatigue's a problem. We all know, we all know about the injuries. But we all know as well, like I said earlier, how much we bounce back from defeat a lot of the time. And when we're back at St. James's Park on the back of a defeat, I always back us to respond. And uh, even if, so, I, 
yeah, I just I just think this is going to be one of those classic games under the lights where we really turn up and we and we we put in a big performance. I just hope it's going to be enough. Obviously, if we if we win, but then here that PSG have, have beaten Dortmund, it's going to be a bit of a sucker punch. But but yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to actually back the clean sheet as well. So I'm going to go for two 0 same as you. I really fancy us for this one. Beautiful. Right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, look forward to the game on Wednesday. It's going to be a special, special night regardless. I mean, the fact we've got to the last game of the Champions League group stages and, and it's all to play for is 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 a testament yeah. to we've, we've done well. So, uh, yeah, if any Newcastle players are listening, get to bed, go to sleep, wear those funny things that pros wear on their legs that like massage them and ice them or something. <laughs> Just eat, eat well, sleep well, play well. All right. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later. Cheers. Podcast Network.